Mr. Chong, how you doing? Good, real good. How are you guys? Just, it's just us hanging out. Wasn't sure um, what kind of background would be appropriate. Oh, <laughs> well, you got a choice. Eh? 
Well, I could always go with something like this. It'll behave. I figured that was a little too cliche. Is there such a thing as cliche these days? <laughs> you tell me. What's what's not? I don't think so. I don't think so. What's this woke? I, I like that woke thing. <laughs> it just woke is like I don't get it. I really don't. I mean, I kind of understand what the what the what the um, the racists are saying. You know, they they always try to find labels for things. You know. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't understand yeah. it. Give it a name. Yeah, well, what they do when, when you label something, you uh, you appeal to the uh, to the mind, you know, the human mind that wants to put everything in order. You know, like if there's one, two, three, you got to have one and then two and then three. You can't yeah. have one, three, two. You know. Yeah. And so, so people get uh, kind of uh, uh, engaged so to speak, with details so they can avoid the, uh, the, the true uh, meaning of whatever, whatever it is they're looking at, you know. Yeah. Kind of cool. So what's new? What's new on the, on the podcast front? The big thing is you. <laughs> big, big news among my fans. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh man, you know, um, YouTube seems to be the new the new direction. I've only been doing this now for a couple of months. I've been podcasting now for a couple of years, but yeah. I just yeah, just brought it into the uh, the metaverse, I guess you'd say, with YouTube. You know, people are having something to look at. You know, they, uh, they well, there's no end to uh, to uh, the way we communicate now. It's changed everything, you know. It's, you got people that were just collecting money because they were in the way, you know. Now, now everybody has to get out of the way because you're not needed. <laughs> Cracks me up, you know. Like, a, like the sitcoms. I was watching the. I watch uh, uh, Two and a Half Men. Everybody loves Raymond and uh, Third Rock from the Sun. Third Rock mm -hmm. from the Sun is the best uh, sitcom to watch when you're really stoned because <laughs> because all they did all they did with that show was bring acid and uh, uh, you know into the world <laughs> you know, they're all from this different planet but the planet really was uh, the uh, LSD world you know mm. oh I love it I, I love that, that show. connection. It's a great show, yeah. I guess oh, I love it. I love it. And the, the acting, uh, oh my God. It's so incredible, you know, the, mm. the, the technique they use, you know. Uh, yeah. Old vaudeville, you know. Like I've been kind of studying um, bios, biographies mm. of everybody, you know, because I, I guess I guess because I'm getting old, and uh, my memory uh, plays tricks. The memory plays tricks, especially if you're smoking a lot of dope. You know, your memory really <laughs> plays tricks on you because uh, 
when you get high, you get stuck in the moment. Well, it could, the moment could be so different <laughs> from one <laughs> moment to another, you know? Like, like uh, I, I barely drive uh, now because, uh, uh, you know, just my wife is a better driver. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I love riding, but every once in a while I have to drive. <laughs> and uh, and it, it becomes a, a challenge. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> see what happens when you get older, you don't have uh, things to do automatically. You know, like when you're younger, there's things that you life you have to live your life you know you can't take the kids to school pick up the wife pick up this fix that lift this carry that when you get older all that stuff disappears <laughs> and pretty soon all you have to do is just make sure that you put on the socks before your shoes you know that kind of thing <laughs> wow i look forward to that <clears throat> we um I don't know. I, I I grew up with with you guys, Tommy. I grew up watching you guys, and it's it's interesting to see that that now your your uh, impact is affecting not only my generation but my children's generation and my grandchildren's generation are going to be impacted by comedy and well, you you and, and Cheech, what y'all done is wow, this is. You said to forgive me, man. This is surreal. For yeah. Me. Well, you know, again, I like I I, I watched um, the Dean Martin story, mm-hmm. you know, and man, I I thought I knew everything about those guys, uh, Martin and Lewis, you know, because they they were my Cheech and Chong when I was growing mm-hmm. up, you know, and I just loved those guys to death, man. I mean, they were so funny, and Jerry was so crazy, and 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 so I watched their uh, their documentary on on uh, on uh, Dino, and it was a lot of parallels to Cheech and Chong, you know, because uh, Dean and Jerry were together ten years, and Cheech and Chong basically we were together ten years. Really? Yeah. And then okay. and then then we made our split, you know. And I didn't want to split. And I, I don't think Jerry, Jerry didn't want to split either. But uh, both, both uh, Cheech and Dino, they, they, they had other things, you know, in mind, you know, like uh, Dean, Dean wanted to be a serious actor or, you know, as much as he could, he could do anything, you know, he could sing, he could do everything, you know. And, and he was a, a leading man. He, he turned out to be a real handsome leading man kind of guy yeah uh, and jerry was this comic genius uh, but when i started shooting uh when i started doing movies i i really followed jerry's uh, uh you know the what he 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 sort of blazed the trail because he directed you know almost well he directed the, the comedy and, and everything, you know, you never knew what they, those guys were going to do. And so, so Jerry uh, really got technical, you know, he was the first to use uh, uh, video assist. 
there was video assist back in the day. Now it's just pure, pure video. <laughs> you know, we don't yeah. we don't use film anymore. Right. But back when I was shooting movies, we used film, and I used uh, video uh, assist to help me uh, to you know to to so I could direct. I could see what I what I did. And and one of the great things about video assist and being in the movie is that you know directors you know we're kind of like i guess uh when you're well what's a good thing when you're directing yourself you 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 don't have to try alternative uh, cuts or, or scenes you know you 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 get a feeling you look at it you feel it we got it we nailed it you know and uh, because it's very elusive that 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 comedic uh, scene, you know, mm -hmm. everything might. It depends on what you're fixated on, you know, as a director. And with me, I was always it was always on the comedy, you know, mm -hmm. making sure that comedy worked and everything else, you know. And uh, and uh, you know, and that's that's what Jerry was all about too. And then toward the end of his career, he started getting a little nitpicky. You know, he started going off on a weird trip, which was which was great. Except it just give Dean nothing to do. You know, he was like standing there waiting for Jerry to do all this stuff. Anyway, uh, I, I love biographies. I just love seeing the real story because the connection I see with all the biographies, like. Uh, uh, Dick Van Dyke or, or uh, Robert Mitchum. Robert Mitchum, man, wow, oh, you got to check out his story. He was in a Georgia chain gang when he was like 16 years old. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because back in the day, you know, there was no homeless. They mm. were called vagrants mm. <laughs> or, mm. or, you know, and they were arrested. If you, never, if you couldn't show a job, you got arrested. And then you got sentenced to the chain gang. They made sure you had a job, <clears throat> you know, and wow. you get arrested and sentenced for loitering. Mm. Can you imagine that? Nowadays, loitering. No. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you know, because back in the day, you figure out oh, it was a lot, lot worse than what it is now. And, and so you can imagine the homeless was just a way of life, like the, the natives of the country, you know, they were basically homeless, you know, lived yeah. in, in, in shelters, you know, and yeah, so uh, yeah, just checking out what used to be, and then you compare it to what we have now, you know, it's, it's yeah. pretty exciting. That's an exciting time to live. Um, curiosity, out of curiosity, my wife wanted me to ask you a question. So when um, when did you think marijuana would be legal in the United States? When? Yeah. When, when do you think it will be? Or, or yeah, when? Or, you, well, what's that? Well, yeah. When do you think it will be like nationwide? Uh, I kind of see it like um, you see you, what what's keeping everything. Let's slow down everything. Uh, the legalization part was that. Th now, this is just my uh, 
observation, you know, this is my theory is that the government's known all along that that the the good things about marijuana, you know, they they they've seen, uh, you know, that that it was medicine. It's been med- it was medicine for thousands of years, you know, and, and no one even gave a thought of it being illegal, you know. It's written, mentioned in the Bible, called Canna, and it's mentioned many, many times. And and the Chinese have always known it was a, a herb that should be treated as medicine, because there's records of the Chinese 3,000, 5,000 years ago, where they uh, used marijuana for uh, women with uh, menstrual uh, problems, you know. Uh, you know, because, you know, back in the day, China had the most advanced civilization on, on earth, and they were the ones that, uh, you know, they, they come up with acupuncture, they came up with all sorts of, uh, of uh, holistic ways to heal, and, and the pot was one of them. Now, the American way of life, you know, uh, really as roots in alcohol and the reason was alcohol back in the uh, the old days you know you had plagues you talk about our pandemic they had the, the black plague they had all sorts of plagues you know that were just sweeping the the the, the civilized places you know and a lot of it was done from unhealthy water you know, they never had the healthy water supply, you know, or, or the, the sewers, you know, in the city, you know, mm-hmm. or just uh, alleys. That's what alleys were used for, you know, to dump all the garbage, you know, right. you know just on the street or in the water, you know, in the, in the rivers or the streams or anything. And, and so the, 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 the Chinese, you know, thanks to the emperors, because what the emperors did back in the day, they would tell. They would pay the doctors to keep them healthy, and uh, but if they got sick, they not only didn't pay the doctors, but if they never got cured, they would kill the doctors. <laughs> like if the doctors never come up with a proper kill, you know, proper thing, and see that's where I think bloodletting started <laughs> coming up. <laughs> they, they were looking for some. Oh, here he's got too much blood in him. Let's. Let's take some blood out of him, you know. There, he looks better now, you know. You know that kind of that kind of thing, you know, just to keep their ass alive. Well, what happened when the Puritans in America, you know, decided that alcohol was killing everybody, you know, it was ruining so many things, you know, homes and families. Like it's still today, you know, you still got an alcohol problem that that is. It's an industry in the rehab industry, you know, the twelve-step program. Yeah. Um, so what happens when they tried to make marijuana illegal? You know, in in America, they found out that India and all these other countries, you know, that had been growing pot since the beginning of time, uh, they they you know they had an industry going, and so what. America did. They went around the, the the globe and paid, used money to pay people to make uh, hash and marijuana illegal. 
They did that in Nepal. They did that with India. They did and what they did, they dropped money. Uh, for instance, oh, oh, just a minute, I got it. Can't talk. Can't talk. And so, uh, <clears throat> as a result, we we went into these treaties with countries around the world. Uh, to, for them to eradicate their marijuana crops because they were big crops. And, and I know this firsthand because I went to an island in, uh, in uh, Marianas, I guess, somewhere near Guam. Uh, it was a little island called Palau. Now, Palau is a very interesting place because it was uh, during the war, you know, the Japanese had it for a while and there's all sorts of uh, war uh, wrecks on that island itself, you know, convoys with Japanese uh, trucks all blowing up, but they left the way they are because they're war memorials. Mm -hmm. And so, so you go to the island of Palau, it's really, really interesting. And, uh, but what the, what the Palauans did, they, you know, because they're, ancient uh, uh, tribe of people, they grew two crops. One for the Americans to eradicate. Okay. They got paid a million dollars to eradicate the crop. And so they would, they, to this day, they would eradicate the, the marijuana crop, get their million bucks, and then grow another crop for, the, for, the, for them to use. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they got that. They got to go. So they get they get their pot, and I'm quite sure when they eradicate the pot, it's called probably harvesting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They probably burned the the fields because you know people, uh, uh, you know, in government like that, because you can make so much money legally, you know, without the without the uh, the threat of uh, of going to jail. That that people will uh, abide by whatever contracts they sign, you know, and that's what's going around the world. You know, you got that same problem, uh, like in India, Pakistan, all these places uh, that America had treaties with these guys that they were supposed to grow. Uh, you know, they're supposed to eradicate their marijuana crops and for this for the money, and so when they clean that up. And I, I'm not sure when that'll be. But the reason I think it's not legal now is because the Democrats are, are using it as a ace in the hole, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, they're holding it back. And so when when the other side makes a move, they've always got this, well, we can legalize it. And that'll get us more points and everything else. But the whole point of, Marijuana, making marijuana illegal was to give the, the pot, I mean, the alcohol cops a job. So they weren't just out of a job when the prohibition ended, you know. Mm -hmm. they, oh, now they can go after the pot, pot guys, you know, because, uh, you know, there's a, a faction in, in our society that wants to have uh, like a police state you know, where, where a dictator would rule, you know, well, like Trump, Trump tried his best, you know, to be a dictator, but this, <laughs> this guy has a hard time being a sex pervert. <laughs> he can't even get that right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. And, and what really cracks me up about Trump 
He really is. To me, he's the comedian of mm. the decade. Yeah. You know, he is. He he's done more for comedy than than any other president I can think of, because he's the real deal. He really <laughs> is stupid. And, and and I love the way the way the Democrats are keeping him. They're propping him up, man. If he died, they would have to prop him up somehow to keep. <laughs> Yeah. Because he's he's destroying he's destroying everything that comes in his way, whatever goes gets in in, in his way he, he he destroys it. Because see that's what lies do. Mm -hmm. That's why you know free speech is good right up until you lie yell fire in a crowded theater. Mm -hmm. Because <laughs> that's the kind of lie that will will. Uh, be dangerous you see and there's a lot of lies that you know they're you know legally against you can't do it you can't uh, you know say you know yeah uh, you can't yell fire at a crowded theater you, you know it's definitely against the law and that's really what trump's been doing and getting away with you know but he's getting away with what he what he's getting away with is he, he's He's got enough, he's not blatant enough that, that he's overwhelmed by, by, by truth. He's blatant enough that he gets enough money from these people to make him attractive, you know, uh, to, to greedy and, and uh, <laughs> what do you call those people? Uh, you know, ones with, with no soul. Oh, um. The evil narcissists. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 just evil, and and really, when it comes down to it, man, you know, we're here in this world. There's a great song out now by Alan Jackson. Uh, the older I get, you got to hear that, man. Oh, That's okay. That song, God. The older I get, the more I think. We're only here for a minute. Better live it while you're in it, because it's gone in a blink. I mean, that says everything about life. You know, you're only in it for a minute, so you better <laughs> enjoy it, because it's gone in a blink. And that's so true. That is so true. But when it's gone, it's just gone for this one session that we're here. You know, we're coming back and we're coming yeah. back because we are immortal creatures. We've always been here. We'll always be here. You know, this, this, this one, I'm, I'm a, a lot of things, but I'm a comedian and, and uh, you know, I do a lot of things, but it's not me that's doing it. You know, I've been, I've been chosen by the, by the higher power to, uh, to do what I'm doing, you know, and I accept it would gladly accept, you know, because I, uh, you know, I, I, I've, uh, I was, I was blessed really young. Uh, I was, my earliest memories uh, was, uh, you, you know, I, I never really had the, the mother protection you know, okay, and and, uh, and so I was taken, you know, 
separated from my mother. Might as well say it, baby, when I was a baby. Okay. And uh, and I never really saw my mom and dad together until I was seven, six, seven years old. Uh, you know, I was in a in a home and uh, like an orphanage. You know, which which was incredible. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. You know, because I didn't know any better. Right. You know? So instead of having a, uh, uh, I had an older brother that protected me, but I didn't even know him then in the home. I saw mm -hmm. him, uh, you know, and I and I, I I didn't know him because I came from a hospital. I came into the home, and uh, yeah, because I had uh, pleurisy, so I wasn't mm -hmm. that, you know, robust. And so when I got to the home, you know, it was before school. I was still four or five years old in there somewhere and then uh then uh, then i was in the home for a year so i never had that uh so i learned to to sort of get next to the big guy <laughs> you know there's mm -hmm. always a kid in the home and he yeah. was and all the little kids would hang around because he would keep the other kids from being bullies you know yeah and he'd keep the order and so that's that was my life. I kind of grew up, uh, you know, and then I learned real early that if you make people laugh and smile, they won't hurt you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or they won't steal from you, you know, yeah. uh, or if they do, they'll, they'll include you, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, so, I, so my, my attitude was, uh, and the reason I go into this now is that you know, my own kids, uh, you know, I, uh, they were raised way differently than me, <clears throat> but, uh, but, it, you know, in a way that I thought was, was good for them, you know, I, I, I'm luckily I'm married to a very beautiful, very intelligent, very grounded uh, lady uh, that uh, Shelby, you know, that she's uh, been my partner forever, you know, and, uh, and she she really allows me <laughs> to to be the poet and the and the and the uh, uh, what do you call it? the the seer you know the the word <laughs> yeah I got yeah. one of those I got one of yeah. those you Makes got all the difference yeah yeah that I mean we're it's a blessing we're yeah. blessed you know because I I know see from experience. I, I know how prayer works, mm -hmm. and 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 that, and I've been a, a student of that. I've been studying that uh, all, all basically all my life. Okay. I used to go to Sunday school because I loved the stories, mm -hmm. and and I loved everything about it. I loved talking about God, and I loved hearing about God. Mm -hmm. You know, it would really get. It, I, I would. You know, like you go to funerals or, or go to uh, memorials and that, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I love them. I love it because I love watching people when they acknowledge uh, the higher power mm -hmm. yeah. in, in, a, in a loving, beautiful manner. Yeah. It just, it just feels so comforting, you know, mm -hmm. it, it just. Because what happens, 
this world obviously is not going to stop for anybody. Mm. <laughs> it yeah. just keeps plowing through the universe and, and uh, turning and, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, I was like watching California. They, 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 I watched it. We went through a, a, the worst drought in history. The worst drought in history. And guess what? Now we're in the, the biggest snowfall in history. <laughs> <laughs> People are snowed in the mountains. They can't get out of the mountains. These are the same people that were wondering what happened to their lake. <laughs> it disappeared. And, and now, now now they're buried under feats of snow. <clears throat> and yeah. 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 I just oh, I'm so amazed at at at, at the world we live in. Oh my goodness. And you know, and then as as we progress, especially especially in my life, it, it just keeps getting better. You know, well, that's and that's I, encouraging. Yeah, when I do cameos, you see, mm. it's up to you. It's up to you. You can look. You know, the half the glass half full or the glass half empty. It's all yeah. up to you. You know, but what you have to do. This is what I figured out. What you have to do is monitor your intake of substances. <laughs> okay. You know, because people, <laughs> I, like I, I've been studying, you know, growing up when my mom and dad finally, you know, got us a house and we finally had a, a home, you know, my dad was basically a, a, a child of the, of the 40s and 30s, 20s, 30s. <clears throat> and, uh, he developed a cigarette habit, you know, but it looked so cool when he smoked a cigarette, man, it looked so cool. He had so much fun with it, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and so then uh, as soon as I could start smoking, man, I, I, I thought, well, man, you know, that, that's, that made you a man. If you were smoking a cigarette, then all of a sudden you're growing up, you know? And so I, so it took me a while to, to, to get past that, but I was never good at it because I'd been in the hospital. So, so I never really got to like cigarettes. And then when I became a musician, I, I would light a cigarette just out of habit. And then at, at the end of my guitar, and then my right. guitar had all these burn marks, you know, <laughs> where I left the, the cigarettes smoldering in there. And uh, and then then one day I was driving uh, to Seattle, and and I realized that, you know if I, if I use marijuana, I I, I don't need a, a, a cigarette. Whenever I felt like a, cig a smoke, I would light up a joint, and and next thing I know, I'm free of tobacco, because <laughs> you know because I would have been checked. You know my my dad left. Uh, my dad did he 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 made he got 80 years old i think uh, my mother never she only got to be she she never got to 70 she was in her late late 60s when 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 she passed but she only had one lung so you know it was you know she had, they they took one lung out for um, uh, tb at that time but uh, yeah yeah, my, and then, and then when I was, uh, like I said, in the home, you, you, you got 
friends with the big guy. And then when I was in army cadets, it was kind of the same thing, you know, uh, the, you know, the big, big guys, you know, they would keep the peace around you. And then I started playing music. Well, that changed my life. <clears throat> when I, when, uh, uh, other people, you know, especially singers, learned that I could play guitar. Mm -hmm. I I became a backup guitar player for for a, a Native American singer who became an Elvis uh, impersonator when Elvis came out. And so we had a lot of gigs. You know, it was, it was the girls screaming because <laughs> <laughs> it was what a phenomenon, yeah. And, and really that was, that, that changed my life. You know, when I, I, I learned how to dance. I learned how to, to Lindy hop uh, because I just, I just had a urge to do it. I had to do it. And so I would go off by myself and go to the clubs and learn how to dance. And, mm -hmm. and, and by doing that, I learned how to, I, I started uh, dance with uh, the, the good dancers, which were inevitably a black girl, you know, and so yeah. My first wife, and she was a beautiful, is a beautiful black lady that yes. still lives in LA. And uh, it was the dance and the music that, that got me going. And then I, we, we started a rhythm and blues band. And, uh, and next thing you know, we got, long story short, we got discovered by Motown and uh, taken to Detroit, went to Detroit and uh, made history. And help yeah. and help turn Motown into uh, you know uh, uh, what do you call it where they were socially uh, uh, changing the world you know not mm -hmm. just singing about being loved but singing about Papa was a Rolling Stone and, yeah and, and Love Child and all all the, <laughs> all the <laughs> great ones yeah man I was seeing that I was I just saw that about you I did I had no idea that you were instrumental in in the foundation of Motown and well, you're just, I, I, had, I even had Barry, well, actually Stevie Wonder became a big fan of our records. Mm. He's, he's blind and, and I, mm -hmm. I, I did a blind melon chillin bit on, on the record <laughs> and Stevie, Stevie loved it. And, <laughs> And we had the best time with Stevie. But Stevie and, and, and Barry came to a Cheech and Chong concert. Barry, Stevie said, you know, I want to see Cheech and Chong. And, and because Barry and I had, had, a, had a little friendship thing going, you know, because Barry was the one that uh, helped me get to LA, you know. I got fired from Motown because, I, you know, the road manager didn't know what a green card was. You know, he thought I was just missing the gig for no reason, but oh. but I I needed a green card and, and I got fired when I got it. In Motown, you know, they spent a few bucks to get that green card. Yeah. But but Barry Barry understood that I, I was on to better bigger things and he said he respected that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was the last thing you know he said to me, I respect that. I love Barry. Were you at Woodstock? Uh, no, no. Uh, I was. You know, when Woodstock happened, I was driving from Detroit to uh, to L.A. And oh, when okay. I, when, when I got to L.A., I met the, this one place where we ended up renting. 
for 80 bucks a, a, a month on the beach, uh, this group of hippies greeted us, knocked on the window and opened, uh, went out to the window and there's a hand with a joint holding a big joint <laughs> up. And it was like, welcome to, Cal to Venice. And so I took the joint, smoked it, I looked to hand it back and it was gone. And then the next day he came up, he said, did you enjoy that? Said, yeah, he said, well, come on, we're going to, uh, we're going to a rock, you know, we're, we're going to New York. We're, we're on our way to New York. There's a big festival going on there. Everybody's going, so <laughs> come on. And we'd just driven from Detroit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I had, no, I, I did not want to go on the road. I wanted to be in California. Yeah. And so, uh, and so we missed Woodstock, but oh, but we were there. We were there. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was that was the days, you know, the the age of Aquarius. You know, hair, hair was the big uh, the play. And, wow, and the committee in in San Francisco, the improvisational groups, uh, Second City and Eight Ashbury. Chicago, oh man, that was cool. But you know, I never really, I, when, when I did drugs, it was for, uh, for music, mm -hmm. you know? It was only for music, you know, to play or to listen. Uh, or, you know, and food, you know, play, listen, but it was always music. There was, uh, mm -hmm. there was never a time when music did not play a big role in my life. Because you're always learning. The latest, you know, whatever. Oh, 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 yeah, I like that. You know that, blah blah blah. You know that tune and this tune. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. The thing about Motown was, was Bobby Taylor that we when we hooked up with Bobby Taylor, Bobby Taylor was not only a great singer but he was a great teacher, mm -hmm. and the way he he would teach harmonies to uh, to anybody that played in the band. You know, he needed some vocal background and uh, you couldn't get out of it by saying you know i'm not a singer <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah yeah right motherfucker no hit this note you know <laughs> bobby was funny because as a guitar player i, I I'm, I'm like a a hired hand you know mm -hmm. i like i can play i can play rhythm guitar in fact, that was my, uh, that's really is what, was what I, what I did the best. And uh, because I never had a lead guitar mentality, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was always like, you know, like when I was a kid, you know, hanging out with a big guy and, and doing what, you know, doing whatever uh, I was told to do, <clears throat> as opposed to being the innovator, you know, I was never the innovator. I was always the uh, uh, the collaborator. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I'm a musician myself. I can relate, but I'm. What do you play? These days, I I mainly play the synthesizer, but I also play guitar and drums and bass. And oh, you grew up with the uh, with the keyboards. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so you learned uh, you learned uh, the music. You learned how to read. Yeah, but I don't I don't play. I don't sight read. I can I can transcribe, but I can't. Yeah, no, that's part of your brain that you'd want to use. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's those people, I, I actually feel sorry for them, you know, because, you know, with perfect pitch, you know, those guys, mm -hmm. they hear a song and they can, they, they can give it back to you right away. Yeah. Uh, no, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's a blessing to be who you are, you know, to know who you are, because then you can, there's no end of how high you can climb, you know, yeah, and that, that's, that's, that's what was me, nothing held me back, you know, <laughs> like, you know, I never owned a guitar until I was, until I started uh, playing rhythm and blues, really? uh, I would just borrow whatever, you know, uh, the singer's guitar. Uh, the the singers always had good guitars. You know? <laughs> yeah, they, they couldn't play them, but they could mm -hmm. play. Them. I would borrow one of their guitars, and a lot of times it was because you didn't want to take them on the bus, you know, carry it around with you. You know, if you got a guitar waiting for you, well, that's much better. <laughs> yeah that that was my musical thing yeah it seemed as a club owner you know like i ended up being a club owner but not really my brother i had to enlist the help of my brother who was uh he, he was i taught him to play bass because we mm -hmm. needed a car and my my bass playing brother he had a car and we never had a bass player so so, oh, you're the bass player. And I used to have to take his, put his fingers on the right notes. Oh. <laughs> and then when we, then when we had a, we had a reunion, this is like 50 years later, mm -hmm. we're on stage and it's the first time he'd played in 50 years and I had to put his fingers on the notes. <laughs> and the bass player that I, I, there was another singer that used to hang out with us. And, I, and, and so I told him, I just learned how to play bass, man. In fact, I give my brother's bass because he wasn't using it. And so, <laughs> so Wes became a bass player. Mm -hmm. And Wes was on stage when I was showing my brother, you know, putting my brother's fingers on the right notes. <laughs> and he, he couldn't believe it. later <laughs> and you're still... <laughs> but you know, that, 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 that's kind of the story of music, you know, because if you get a bass player that has great knowledge, you're not going to keep him very long. No. <laughs> oh, no, no. I remember our first bass player in high school. I won't say his name, but um, it was our very first jam session. And um, and we were we were just so proud to be making some noise. And, and we managed to get a guy with a bass, which was unheard of it back then nobody had plenty of people had guitars nobody had a bass so he no. fit the bill he had a bass and that was it he didn't know how to he didn't know what to do with it whatnot. but he still yeah. had he still had it and then and, you get it tuned and you hit the right notes and it sounds good well we couldn't figure out how to tune a bass we didn't understand the whole concept four strings instead of six I, yeah, it's E A G D. Now we know, but yeah. at the time, at the time we were like, "What the? Yeah. Where do we start?" So you can you can hear it in the in the background, just some guy just kind of tinkering and playing musical notes, but not really getting anywhere near where he's supposed to be. Yeah, well, that's how you learn. Yeah. The first gig, you know, we, like we're playing rock and roll, and our first band was really. 
show band because uh, the the singer was a, a running back for a football team, and so he was very athletic. He could do all sorts of athletic things, you know, and, and which he did because he never had that good of a voice. Uh, but he but he, he had that personality. He had a like lead singer's personality, you know, and so he so he was great, good showman. And then everybody else in the band <clears throat> were like first timers, you know. Mm. And, and right up to the point, we never counted to tune in. We had to learn that later, you know. We just look at each other. You ready? Okay, boom. We'd start playing. <laughs> we never knew how to go one, two, one, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah. Until until we we ended up with I think uh, someone someone. And then we got a gig out at a, at a, a theme park in Calgary. And we're taking a gig away from a, a band, you know, the old Glenn Miller kind of swing band. Mm -hmm. Now, they're, they were all great musicians, you know, playing army bands and played everywhere. Everywhere they were, there was music you were playing. Yeah. And we come along with our rock and roll band and we blew them off the stage, you know, <laughs> literally. And so then the, the musician union guy comes out. He says, you guys have to join the union. And we were so, we said, why? Well, so you can play. Well, we can play. But you have to be in the union. Why? So you can play here. Well, we can play here. What's stopping us? You know? Why do we have to join the union? And well, that guy couldn't answer it because <laughs> It was a good question. Why do we need to join a union? You know, the guy's going to pay us. There's no problem there. You know, and so, and so it was an impasse until the owner of the club says, "Look, I'll pay the dues. Never mind." <laughs> and so he paid our 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 dues, got us all in the musicians' union. <laughs> we would still be arguing about it. You know? I can see it. I can see it. Less of an argument and more of a just not meeting of the minds. I don't why. Yeah, it's just like what tell me why I need to be in a union, you know? <laughs> and he couldn't do it. It wasn't argument or nothing. You know? Just that. Well, the thing is when you grow up poor, mm -hmm. there's no such thing as uh, spare change. Exactly. You know, you know, you're accounting for every penny in your pocket. And then you know if you need something, you know who you can ask. You know, there's a like I had an aunt uh, Irene <clears throat> that uh, had married a war hero, and she didn't know until he died. And then when he died, he left uh, his uh, his you know war hero hero checks came to my aunt, and so my aunt was like she every month she get a nice <laughs> nice big fat check, and so my dad. Uh, said, "Oh, she better live with us. <laughs> <laughs> we got to take care of Aunt Irene." <laughs> and so Aunt Irene bought my guitar for me, bought my amp for me, because I couldn't afford it. Man. You know, back in the day, you have money. It was to get you to the next time when you're going to get more money. <laughs> yeah. And if there was a long period in time there, you just had to suck it up or try to, you know, get empty beer bottles or something, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're back at that stage again. A lot of ways.
What's that again? I said, we're back at that stage again, in a lot of ways, having to come up with side hustles to keep the flow rolling. I, oh, I know yeah. I yeah, that never stops. That, yeah. That's that, that's what life is all about. You know, we're, we're right. here. We're here to learn. That, that, that's what I, you know, I, I come up with a great epiphany about, about our life, how simple, how, when you, when you take it right down to the simplest uh, form, uh, we are, the, the thing that used to bother me all the time, people would talk about the Big Bang. Life began when we had the Big Bang. But my question was, was well, what was going on before the Big Bang? <laughs> what caused the Big Bang? <laughs> it, it would have just come out of nowhere and the Big Bang and all of a sudden here we are? No. Yeah. And, then, and then I saw that Hubble, not the Hubble space, but the new... Uh, the James Webb. Yeah, the giant uh, telescope. Yeah. Then, and then it, they showed of a big bang they showed the oh and i said oh oh i get it you see yeah the big bang but it's the big bang takes place in the the universe that, that has always been here mm -hmm. the eternal universe and, and so no i can no now i understand you know that our our evolution as a uh, a species uh it started with with the big bang Mm -hmm. But there's always, you know, the, the 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 universe has always been here in one form or another. Yeah. But there's two, you see, in order to have in the physical world, you have to have the opposite of whatever you're dealing with. And the only thing that isn't an opposite is God. God is the only, uh, the beginning, the middle and the end. Is, is it that's where it starts that's where it stops and it's never started it's never stopped <laughs> that's another mind thing and so what it is is it's evolution and we keep uh learning the more we learn the more we the more we see we have to learn yeah <clears throat> and, and and it never stops and so you're evolving up and that's why you can live love everybody and you can uh, you can have no uh, hard feelings against anybody uh, because everything is just evolving. Yeah. And if something gets uncomfortable for a while, that's part of the evolution. Uh, you know, whatever it is, birth, for instance, can be very uncomfortable. You know, yeah. just being born can can create all sorts of uh, problems and pain and feelings and so on. But what you're seeing with a birth, like the Big Bang, is you see something coming out of nothing and becoming something. And so then when you look at, at it in a very simple, simple, simply, simple, simple way, you see that the universe that we live in has everything. It has more violence than you can even imagine. When you look out into the stars, you see the little twinkle, twinkle, twinkle little star. Well, what you're really seeing is untold amounts of hydrogen and nuclear explosions going off simultaneously uh, every minute, creating such violent uh, explosions 
that the light can be seen a thousand, you know, many, many light years away from where that explosion is really happening. And then when you look in the, the sky, all you see is a mass of explosions, all the stars and the planets and the galaxies and all that. It's all about physical uh, explosions, chemical explosions going off uh, and, and changing everything. <clears throat> and so, that, so there's such amount of, uh, of uh, physical violence in, in the known universe. Okay, what's the opposite of everything? Nothing. Now you look at nothing. Now you're looking at the spiritual universe. Because the spiritual universe, like, and that's why we are immortal creatures. Because we've always been here because we're only really the size of an electron. <laughs> Which is even smaller than, than, a, than the smallest thing. You see, that's why the spirit world, <clears throat> when, when you go to heaven, that's why they show people in heaven on a cloud with a with a harp, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, because there's nothing there. There's nothing right. in him. Right. There's no right. need, want, desire, nothing, nothing except love. Except we're there. We're a piece of electron uh, energy waiting to be utilized again, because nothing disappears. You know, when you the the electricity in our in our computers, you know, it's, it's yeah. constant. A constant flow when you turn it off it doesn't disappear it stops but it, 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 then when you're ready for it again you turn it on boom and what happens when you turn it on you're creating the positive against the negative which creates energy and so so you always have a positive negative in 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 the in the uh, physical world where you don't have that in the spiritual world the spiritual world is the opposite, which is really nothing but love. And when you realize that we're here to learn, and so that this is why you can you can definitely love your neighbor, because no matter who your neighbor is, your neighbor could be Hitler, it could be the worst uh, Genghis Khan, it could be the worst killer on the planet. But what all he's doing is fulfilling his 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 learning time <laughs> on, on, in the physical world, wow. which, which when you think in terms of immortality, immortality, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the, all the souls that were, were slaughtered in the Holocaust, for instance, mm -hmm. they just transitioned. They yeah. just went from that form back to the spiritual form, and then they come back into the, into the physical form again. To learn another lesson, and, and and it goes on and on and on and on, and we keep evolving. And some of the holy book says we evolve until we become God. Now that's that, that that's something to look forward to. <laughs> That'll be a good day. Because <laughs> <laughs> eventually, eventually, we our 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 uh, evolution takes us. There's no end to it. And, and you know and, and and you know the other thing I, I I realized when people started talking about the lack, you know, like a lot of the uh, Trumpies, for instance, you know, they don't want an immigration policy. They don't want those immigrants coming in and taking away the jobs from the, the white people, you know. Mm -hmm. and, you know, they don't want those immigrants coming. You know, we don't have room. We don't have that. Right. 
it's with this infinite. There's nothing but room for everybody and everything. Oh, it, I agree. Yeah. So so when when and, and it's an epiphany, you know, that mm -hmm. that you know, something that came to me because every once in a while I'll I'll do these podcasts or no, not not a podcast. We go for dinner now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And I'm laughing at my friends because I got a couple of friends, you know, they're really dear, you know, nice, but they're, but they're not <clears throat> as interested in the spiritual world as I am, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. in fact, they're kind of masters at small talk. Okay. You know, like, Hey, yeah. how's it going? What's up? What's going on? Uh, you see the latest, da, 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 blah, blah. you know what I mean? Just small yeah. talk game you know oh well where are you guys going on vacation this year you know just just <laughs> well with me every once in a while they'll ask something you know and i'll go into a, a whole whole fucking, a whole fucking thing that that i can that i can see them getting uncomfortable you know and trying to looking for an escape <laughs> you know why did i guy what's what what have you been up to lately you know <laughs> Well, that's that's the premise of the show, Tommy, is uh, spirituality and metaphysics. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay, because you've you've hit on all the the big topics, man. I couldn't have I couldn't have uh, had a better agenda. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is this is the other thing I learned too is that when the teacher appears, when the, when the pupil is ready, the teacher appears. Mm -hmm. And it also, and I think it's too, is when when the audience is ready, the comic appears. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that was the thing about being able to do stand-up comedy. You know, uh, when Cheech and I broke up, I, I, I mulled around. I tried to make a movie, and then and then I realized, no, I'm not a movie maker for sure. You know, I'm too much of a family man. You know, to really. Because you got to sacrifice family, you know, if you're going to get into that movie world, you know, all the way. And, and uh, you know, and, uh, I, I, what I wanted to do is what I did, too. I, I put my family in the movie. You know? Oh, okay. And, and that's, that's how I did that. But, but now I'm going to go back on the road doing, uh, uh, showing excerpts from the movies that i've directed you know mm -hmm. uh ones and 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 just talking doing a q a with the audience you know uh i try to do it with cheech but uh it, cheech is in a different space you know? like he he was he, he he hit that different space back in uh, uh 1981 <laughs> 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 when he he became the Corsican brother, and yeah, he wasn't too thrilled with that with that role, and uh, <laughs> and that was really the last movie we made together. Was it really? I was thinking about that movie this weekend. Yeah, well, we made uh, we made uh, Still Smoking, mm -hmm. which was a compilation of all our old bits that we never had a chance to, and and probably the most. Woke <laughs> is that the word? Woke uh, performance. You know, we, we did all the bits that we can't do nowadays. You know, <laughs> we're going to be hurting someone's feelings. You know, uh, 
Well, it was a great era, man. We had a great time. Yeah. Always a great time with you guys. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Um, my, my favorite was when you came back to acting again with uh, Leo. That's one of oh. my favorite roles. Yes, I love that role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's a, a lesson for me because up until then, I didn't want to do television. Because mm -hmm. I didn't want to be uh, put in a, a position where they create a character, they own the character, and then whenever they feel like making that character work, they offer you money, mm -hmm. and you know, and and at first I didn't want to, I wasn't ready to do it. And then I realized, oh, I'm ready. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> and so you know what I do? I would, I wouldn't just sit in the dressing room because I, I had a small part. I would uh, go to the set and watch uh, David Trainer direct kids because I realized, you know, after a while, I said. This is school. Mm. Kids are in school. They're learning. They're they're learning the uh, craft, and I'm I'm gonna learn it too. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, never, I never went to. I, I never made it to uh, college, and so I'm sitting in in, in the audience uh, watching uh, watching David put put the sitcom together, and I got a. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about acting. I learned a lot about directing. I know I learned a. Tremendous amount, and I learned a lot about uh, using the right people for the right job. Mm -hmm. You know, that's so uh, important. I always used to think, oh, you know, anybody can act. You know, they just need a shot at it. But no, no, no. It's a very no. A lot of people can be in the movie business, you know, but you got to pick where, where you best uh, fit. You know, yeah. and. Uh, you know, I always realized, you know, if you're going to be a star, there's nothing can stop you. You're, you're, it's a drive. You, you got it. You, you'll do what you have to do, you know. And that's with pra practically anything, you know, uh, if you put your mind to it. And the thing is, if you're honest about it, you know, that's why the worst thing you can do is anything just for the money. Mm -hmm. You know, that, 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 you're not learning anything. And all you're really doing is like winning the lottery. That's why the I Ching always considers winning the lottery a misfortune. Because to me, it's like giving a, uh, someone that has no uh, experience at all with uh, woodworking or, or, or uh, gardening at all, giving them a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You know. Yeah, you, you mentioned the I Ching. I consult the I Ching regularly. I have for some time. It's I've studied a martial art called Bagua Shang. Oh, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's uh, based on the movements or the, the based on the 64 trigrams of the yeah, I Ching. Agree. Yeah, and I saw that you wrote a book called the I Chong. Yeah. Yeah, I got to check that out. Is it? Um, oh, you haven't checked it out? No, I just saw it today. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's memoirs of me in, in prison, and uh, you know what I what I what I did when I was in prison. It was like a spiritual retreat, you know. That's, that's I'd been involved in the I Ching. I was in, you know in the uh, Goldsmith books and everything. And so when mm -hmm. I got and and you know my my uh, brother in law, 
uh, Shelby's brother, uh, he sent me the Ching. Mm -hmm. So the first day I got the book, I was figuring out how to do it, you know. And one of the yeah. inmates, one of the inmates, he was in the dormitory at the time. He, he saw me doing it. He said, "What you got there?" I said, "The I Ching." He says, uh, "Oh, so how does it work?" And I said, "Well, let me do your. Uh, I'll I'll do your reading." And so what I did, he threw the coins, and then I did the whole hexagram thing, and then I. And then I, I found his uh, his reading, you know, so I, I just handed it to him, uh, you know, I said, here, read it, see what you think. Yeah. Well, he read it, he read it, and then he handed me the book, and then he went back to his bunk and sat up on his bunk, really quiet, really, really quiet. And so I, I knew what page it was, you know, that he, so I read his thing, and it was pretty it was showed you the how the power of the I Ching because uh, Mike was his name he had he was it was about a, a couple of months into this tragedy his wife and, and daughter were coming out to see him in jail and they got killed in a car accident on the way out there and now he's in jail and he's, they died because of him and you know and so the I Ching brought up you have just suffered a great loss and uh, you know they 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 nailed it right away you know, like spooky and so then i i did my I Ching reading <laughs> it cracked me up man <laughs> first thing it says uh you are in jail for a reason <laughs> that was the first thing it said and said, prisons are a place where you go to change your behavior. <laughs> Think about that. Think about that, man. It's not to punish you. It's to change your behavior. Oh, it was so cool. And I said, right. And, and then it went on, you know, that, but you're going to do fine and da-da-da. And I did. I did. I, well, because... See, when you pick up the I Ching, right away, you've evolved to that level, okay? Yeah. yeah. And so all your readings will, will come from that thing. You're smart enough to pick me up. Therefore, you, I, I can tell you this and that and everything else, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, we... Uh, and then I used to give a lot of readings to, to the inmates, you know. Mm -hmm. They would come in, they'd want to know what's going on, and, and I'd give them a reading. Yeah. But I, I never really eavesdropped on uh, on on their readings. I'd give sure. it to them, let them read it, let them figure it yeah. out. That's the best way to do it. Same way with astrology. I can read charts and stuff like that, but I don't do it for people just because it's too personal. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You can. You can. Yeah. That's what I found out with the I Ching. You know. I said, "Whoa, that is uh, that is kind of." <laughs> you know, in there. Tommy, I have enjoyed our time, my friend. I've, uh, I, uh, we always have a good time, don't we? Yes, every time. <laughs> well, anytime, anytime you let me run up the most uh, about our the, the spiritual world. See, that's the other thing I learned too. I'm learning. Mm -hmm. I'm learning. It, it's so hard not to 
to want to spread the good news, you know, and and that's why the like the Baptist churches, you know, that they're, they're always singing about the good news, you know. There's yeah, they're singing that. I, I love that too. My uh, first wife, mother, uh, she lived to be a, a, a hundred years old. She mm. lived to be a hundred. Tommy, Tommy. And, she, and I went to see her, you know, right? And she, she barely could barely see, barely hear, but she saw me. Oh, Tommy, you come to see your old, old gotcha. Oh, Tommy. <laughs> And her son would, was there, Bernie, and she said, Bernie, you want to go home, don't you, Bernie? Bernie, you, you, you don't want to, you don't She would just torture the shit out of her son, you know, with a <laughs> and everything else. <laughs> and, oh, because I was a movie star, oh, she was bragging, bragging to all her all her people in the in the home, you know, this is Tommy, he's in the movies, and, 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 my, and the, the one granddaughter that we had, you know, Robbie, mm -hmm. She ended up being a, a Parisian uh, runway model. And so wow. a, lot of, a lot of pictures of her, you know, she had that. Oh, God, she was great. But the reason she lived to be so long is that, God, she never, every waking day, she would sing about Jesus. Mm -hmm. Sing, sing. Sing a song. It just she'd be humming a little song in her head, you know, a spiritual song in her head. And she kept that song with her, and and she wouldn't have been. She's still alive, I think. I think uh, you know it was like, oh, okay, gotcha. Come on, come on. There's more. Let's go to church here, you know, because every everybody was dying on her, you know. But she she made a hundred man. That was. So great. That was made a hundred. That's beautiful. That's oh, and when she died, the she had raised at least two other families because she was a housekeeper as well as you know they owned a a boarding house and they owned the uh, now the dad he owned his own uh, gravel truck. He bought a gravel truck, you know, and then he was he would drive that. It, it was a owner and uh and uh, you know they they had a, a comfortable amount of uh of christian cash you know that mm -hmm. that that yeah. living the the real the the pure life mm -hmm. oh, they were so great and now there's only uh, maxine my ex-wife she's the only one left her, her her brother oh by the way her brother was um Floyd was the drummer of the Three Dog Night. Remember that group? Of course I do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Floyd, Floyd was the drummer. He was a black drummer in the white group. Not only a white group, but a white southern racist group. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Yeah, yeah. And they uh, at the end of the career, they they started bringing up the fact that Floyd was black, you know, <laughs> and less than. But Floyd was uh, he 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 got the gig on a on a uh, audition, you know. They auditioned everybody, and uh, Floyd was the one that had the feel, and he did that feel that he he brought to the thing again. Think about it, man. That was God uh, uh, in, induced. His his musical talents was coming out of 
that church every day, uh, yeah. every week for years, you know, and you get that soul music in there, man. And that music from God, oh, yeah. about God. Yeah. It's, it's potent stuff. I've, I've been to quite a few uh, churches. Yeah. Quite a few. Yeah. All kinds of colors, different churches. And, uh, oh, yeah. But the, it's a music. It's a music. Mm -hmm. You're right. And, and it's spiritually, uh, when, when, you, when you go uh, spiritual like that, whoa, the, the power is it, 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 enormous. It's incredible. So I'll send you I'll send you a copy of my album. Maybe you tell me what you think. Oh, for sure, for sure. You got my address and everything. Uh, I've got your uh, producers. Oh, uh, JP. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He'll he'll get it to me. I'll send it to him. Well, I want to thank you, Tommy, for uh, helping me with a bucket list item. Oh, good. Well, anytime, yeah. bro. I, I, I love the show. I'll send you the links, let you know. Okay. Hope you have a marvelous year. Yeah, you too, man. I want, yeah, I want to hear your album for sure. Okay, man. I'm, uh, trust me, I'll get it to you. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Take care, bro. All right, you too. Bye. Bye-bye.